You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 295. Are you kidding me? 295 of the Central News Favorite Podcast. Jeremiah Morrill here, joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, uh, lighting technician, Zach Burcham, my forever host, host, Mr. Dakota Davis, and his entire family. What do we have <laughs> planned here, Dakota? Today's episode features Mr. Andrew Bowman. Andrew is a longtime Patreon member, and we are going to be talking to him about the storms that have been rolling across the Midwest. He is a camping expert, so we called him in. And then at the end of the show, we're going to be talking about tax season, all of the taxes that the government levies on us, and uh, even potentially a new uh, public safety answering point tax that could be coming to Henry County, Indiana. So make sure you stick around until the end of the show. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. <laughs> Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Worst case scenario, we send you home with a toddler. <laughs> Dakota, what did we learn in Patreon today? Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show on a monthly basis every month. That is where you can go and uh, listen to, uh, you can hear about what all the background noise is. We'll just keep it a secret for now. You have to join Patreon to if you're watching out the live stream. About. You'll see him in about 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very good secret. Uh, we, talked, uh, we talked a lot. We talked about um, avian uh, ra- raising. Um, Avian, uh, horrible and dumb ways to die. Well, yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking of a delicate way to phrase it, but that's true. Expired poultry, expired poultry. Um, we talked a little bit about ducks and Jeremiah's experience with them. And, uh, we came to the conclusion that I'm going to be getting some rabbits. (laughs) You're giving up on all birds. Yep. Zach, you may want to mute uh, off the laptop, mute the, uh, the sound coming back through it because I think it's slightly feeding back out uh, potentially just to, just in case uh, we do need to say thank you to the folks that uh, help put the show on the air each and every month. You can, uh, you can sign up and join at any level uh, such as Andrew does. And uh, after uh, three years, we invite you on the show. It, it took a while, but yeah, but it adds know, up. you get your, you get your invite. Uh, you got, um, God, you got like three days notice. That was, that's a lot for us right okay. now. Tomorrow's a holiday. We had nothing better going on. And we're like, let's go see them. Let's, let's go do it. Let's do it. Uh, if you're $50 or more a month, you get uh, you get thanked at the top of each and every episode. Uh, those folks would be Christy Avery of Fort Wayne, Indiana, your Norwex representative, Jonathan Phillips of Andy Moore Buick GMC over in Fishers, but also uh, one of your leading candidates for the Newcastle City Council and uh, one of our crowd favorites, Anthony Meyer, he has been dealing the Bud Light memes all week, and we've been we've been here for it. It's been fantastic. 
That's right. We also have some merchandise. If you need some merchandise, you can uh, send an email to Dakota at BossHogOfLiberty.com or Jeremiah at BossHogOfLiberty.com, and then we will send you over to Audrey Davis, and she will get your shirts, sweatshirts, etc. printed. <laughs> Getting All right. mugged. Andrew, why don't we introduce you to the, why to not? the listeners of the show? Um, tell us about why you're a camping expert, first of all. And a little bit of background about yourself. Weren't you supposed to wear some sort of a sh- sash tonight? So that no, I don't have authority? any of that stuff anymore, actually. You so. got rid of it all? Yeah, it's... No. My wife is in the corner <laughs> telling me I'm lying. Don't let the Did truth she throw get in the it way away? of a good story. You're an Eagle Scout, and she threw all your yeah. stuff away. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's all tucked away in a corner, actually. No, so I, uh, I was kind of a band nerd, and then I joined Scouts. And so I have years of camping experience. I was doing the math the other day. I've had tent camping over 300 nights, but I worked at summer camp. So that kind of like negates like, cause summer camp tent camping was not like, you know, the, the rugged stuff, you know, you're on a platform and a canvas thing and all that fun stuff. And then I I ran the summer camps. Yeah. It's like, it's like a deck and then a nice big 12 by 12 canvas tent with electricity sleeping in the, on the dirt. No, nah, it was nice. It was like the Taj Mahal of terrible he was you have, like, child labor conditions. Um, Did you have uh, like sleeping pads? Yeah, like we could bring a cot. And, like some of the guys would bring like twin beds and just put them in there. <laughs> yeah, and then te- like <laughs> we would rig it up to it just be like their apartment in college, and they just move everything into this little mini 12 fridge. 12. Yeah, mini fridge, everything. Some guys <laughs> would bring like little air conditioning units, so it. It counts, but it doesn't count. And then so I ran the summer camp out there in Clay County uh, for several years as the camp director. So storms and camping are like my biggest fear. So the events that took place last weekend, it's like it's it. It brings back memories of like my first uh, summer camp experience. They pulled us from our campsites. They they got us to come down to the dining hall because it was really bad weather. And they're like, you don't need to be in a tent during this storm, limbs and lightning and stuff, we need to get you down to the dining hall. And I remember, you know, like laying there on the cold wooden floor with fans blowing like, Oh, this is how I die at 11 years old. This is it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I done a lot of, a lot of camping. And then Megan and I, during COVID, we bought a camper off of marketplace to see if we would enjoy it. We went, I think 14, 15 weekends that year. And then we upgraded our camper last year and it's just an enjoyable time but the day job uh, we own a lawn care company out there in the Terre Haute area so uh, serve about six counties out there so camping taxes I can talk all night about that <laughs> hey, you're so good I did put originally in the show notes before they got too long and I had to delete some stuff um, I had some of that stuff written down under your bullet point patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty you get show notes ahead of time um and I had, you know, your business on there. And then at the very end, I said, has generally just been outside a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we'd rather be outside than stuck in the house. So, yeah. It's storm season is a, is a busy season for me. Uh, these, they're money makers for me, but I also like don't like them. You know, so it's like, it's this double edged sword where it's like, I'm going to be out working. I'm going to be making money. And then at the other point, it's like, I'm going to be out working and it's storming. And 
awful. It's not a nice, beautiful day at work. It's uh, yeah. I'm getting rained on and people are out of power. And Sometimes a squirrel will take something out and it'll be a beautiful day. And you'll have a great day fixing stuff and doing things outside on a beautiful day. Something gets taken out by lightning. It's not it's a nice. bad day. It's, it's not <laughs> nice. Although some, there are times where it's it's only bad for like two hours. It's it's a, this nasty storm comes through and then it's beautiful springtime again. Right as well, it can go both ways. Well, yeah. what, what was interesting is that I didn't get a single call Friday night for the storm front that came through that night. I didn't get a single call on Saturday whenever we had fifty-five mile an hour wind gusts. But as soon as I woke up on Sunday, my phone rang and they were like. We had a lot of stuff happen Friday night and Saturday, and we're getting to it now. We need you to come in. So it was like <laughs> the first beautiful day. I don't know if you remember Sunday. It was so yeah, nice. It was, gorgeous. it was a gorgeous day, and it was like the first really nice day that we've had in a couple weeks, and I was like really looking forward to doing some stuff outside. I worked for almost 13 hours. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. This is insane. So, Zach, your family and my family both do... 40 to 50 to 55 nights a year in the campers as well. So this, this is our, this is our spring, summer and fall activity. Yeah. Being out in the woods and, and it feels at this point, like it's a near death experience every weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I went, I took, I went spring break and I towed the camper down, stayed under some trees as a storm blew through in Kentucky. And then the next day, towed like four hours, about 200 miles with like 25 to 35 mile an hour winds. And I was like, this is just not, it was not a fun day. And then it got worse. Other things happened, but I got hit by a semi. So Uh, (laughs) we can't just back into that one. (laughs) That's what he did. (laughs) Got hit by a semi. I got lightly tapped and they're denying any responsibility. But yeah, I was, I was in a traffic jam on 75 and a semi just slow rolled back into me and I couldn't like back (laughs) out of the way because I was like towing a camper and had, I I had like a $200,000 super C right behind me. That so I was well so, aware of. So now you're in a pissing match with their semi. Their, oh, their they just said money. it's your word against his word, and in that in that regard, it's not our problem. Because I don't have a I didn't have a dash cam. I couldn't track witnesses down because I was on an interstate, and their driver just left. Sounds like a you problem, I guess. I guess, yeah. <laughs> you got the plate number, and you got the driver. I, I guess got the plate and everything. They even, oh yeah, he's a trainee. He's <laughs> like, of course he didn't. And it was his fault. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So. If it wasn't for the grace of uh, God and Andrew's shitty winterizing, you might have been at McCormick's Creek last weekend. So there's a really good possibility of that McCormick's Creek is like our home campground because it's about a 40 minute drive from driveway to, to campground. And uh, my Facebook memories popped up last year and the year before. Same weekend, we're at McCormick's Creek. And so, idiot me, brand new camper this last year. I thought I had everything winterized perfectly, and we got it uh, ready to go two weeks ago to go to Spring Mill. Start putting water in it. I open the door, and there's just this river going down the middle. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. So, we don't have a hot water heater right now. A little little tiny crackle will do that. So. Well, and you told me you were going to try to get it welded, and I said, my God. You it's still sitting in the driveway. Welding. I'm not welding it. I'm not having the guy weld it. We're just going to replace it, be done with it, yep. put it in, not not risk the... Once you said, oh, yeah, that thing could blow up, I, I just had this terrible thought. <laughs> uh, 
I've seen it. I'll, I'll spend the three hundred dollars to just replace it, the tank. It's yeah. not a common enough occurrence. I've seen it multiple times, but I have seen a picture of what happens when one of those explodes, and it is not good. Yeah. And it, it's like our heater's right under yeah. where the bunk is, where he's going to be sleeping. Yeah, so yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it, yeah no. in, my ca- in my camper, yeah, it's under it's under Jackson's bed. So ours is just in the kitchen. It would only be traumatic for everybody around. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't prob- it probably wouldn't lead to scalding scalding burns unless you were on the couch. So you said McCormick's Creek, and there were there was a uh, that's in Spencer, Indiana, and there was a direct hit from a E three tornado that hit McCormick's Creek campground. Totaled, wiped it out. Dozens of campers. Yeah, and it, and uh, it pretty well came straight killed. through the campground. Yeah. Um. The under the accounts that we have, I it, it's kind of weird. So we we are Zach and uh, Andrew and myself are all in a number of Facebook groups, Indiana Facebook groups that are getting live updates from people that are in McCormick's Creek, mostly the next day because I tried to sleep through the events. Sarah, I did. Sarah was watching it on the TV, and my my brother had a very big bet on the, the girls' Iowa basketball game. I think he had two hundred bucks on Iowa winning. So every three minutes, I was getting another text message at midnight from him and his group text because I think he's going to pay out like twelve hundred dollars if they won. And Iowa did win their game, but between my phone giving me a weather alert, Sarah watching every weather issue between Arkansas and Indiana, and then my brother's group chat, I was not sleeping very well. But I tried to sleep through it. But you, you would see these updates come through, and it was – the first report was, yeah, the campground was wiped out, but everybody's fine. Like everybody, right. everybody got out. It was fine. They had warning, and they got to – they went to the bathrooms or whatever. And it sounds like people got alerts on their phones, and then they did have some sort of an alert system in the campground, like a siren went off. And people went to the, the the bathrooms. The bathhouses is generally where you're supposed to bail out to. And that worked for almost everybody. But then there was, I, I guess the media reports started coming out that, hey, everybody's fine. And this one, the people that wound up dying, the family was like, we haven't heard from our people yet. And that sounds like they just goofed up. Like the, the public information that came out was not, was not accurate. Well, you looked at the pictures. So, I liked, I actually would love... I asked in one group before they or they knew that there were fatalities and they said everybody's okay. I'm like, I'm only asking this because everybody's okay. I really was curious if any RV survived because I didn't see a picture. There was one maybe that might have been salvageable, but you couldn't see the back end of it. But it was salvageable by meaning it was upright. And in the front part of it, which was a, a struggle for most of them, most of them were on their side. One of them was just on his lid. One didn't have a... There was a chassis and there was a camper somewhere, but they were no longer together. But um, there's one hybrid that like the only damage they didn't lay any damage, just like the door was open, but there was like stuff laying on it. But yeah, I'd never like I was like that campground got obliterated, and there were almost there weren't even any like full height trees around left. They're yeah. all snapped that, off at the middle. That's the really creepy thing for for Megan and I to see those pictures because. When I say it's our home campground, like we we'll go there two, three, four times a year. So, yep. like seeing those pictures, Sarah and I um, camped there in July. I mean, it's, it's same those, thing. We, those were some big trees. Yeah, right. Yeah, I even kind of like guessed that that campground would have generally been okay because it kind of feels like it was in a bowl because yeah. you're in this, you're completely canopied, and you're yeah, you feel like you're down in a low spot, and there's these huge trees everywhere. So. Yeah, and there, yeah, like so, most of them are broken in half. I, I think once you get to an F two, F three tornado, doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't you're matter. not, you're not gonna life. So 
we say all of this with the expectation of, yes, it's the terrible thing happened. Life's full of risks, right? You, know, you could be a tornado could come through downtown Newcastle. It could come through Spencer, Indiana. There's no place you're going to go that you're going to hide. All you can do is kind of go through best practices. Um, and when an F3 tornado is coming through, you need, you know, no trailer, no camper, even, a, you know, a mobile home or a poorly built house is not going to be a place to stay. Right. You've got to get to another location at that point. And they even evacuated the cabins and had all those people go to the inn. So yeah, they were trying to get everybody out of everything. And got, I think everybody in the inn was in the basement, even. They were full tilt trying to get everybody somewhere So you safe. mentioned they evacuated the cabins. And that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about was the the role that the state parks have in those situations. Do we expect the workers to go around and knock on every camper and say, hey, there's a you know a high wind advisory or a severe thunderstorm warning, or they said it's going to be arriving in six minutes, a severe thunderstorm. Yeah. You, you know. My experience, they, I, they I can do their tell best, you what They I've do had. their best to actually do that. It, yeah. It's not, they're not coming to you five minutes before. No. But I, the experience I've had, I've been at, uh, I was at Mound State Park in Anderson in 2020, uh, pretty much this weekend again, I think three years ago this weekend. Um, this is the beginning of tornado season, guys. You're, you're in it. It, it, it. Late March is pretty much the start of it in central Indiana. Um, the DNR officer came to our site and said, hey, actually at the time it was, hey, the bathroom's closed, so we don't really have a place for you to go. So you're here at your own risk, essentially. But normally it is, hey, go to this structure or that structure and, and be aware. That's the biggest thing you can do. Um, at Bluffton last weekend, so Wabash State Park, uh, it was go to the pit toilets across from you. It was a concrete structure. Um, wasn't exactly the most pleasant place to have to be sent to, but those are the instructions you got when you checked in. So if there was a safety problem, you would you would get that. My bigger quarrel is today I was meeting with a customer today at lunch, and Zach, you were with me last October where a tree fell down. Uh, yeah, October. It was the the spectacular weekend at Summit Lake, and a, a a dead tree fell down and threw a camper at Summit Lake. Heard of another instance, firsthand account, where a guy was out there fishing on his boat. And he heard another crack and a whack, and another camper got hit at Summit Lake this last weekend. Uh, where you, you've got these dead trees, and I'm not sure that the state is doing what they need to do to get to get dead trees and limbs out of out of parks. Um. I'm sh- and I'm sure it's probably a never-ending yeah. problem with the Emerald Ash Borer and everything else, but um, that's that's the part that's mo- the most frustrating to me. You, tornado F three tornado comes through. There's no preventing that. There's no amount of preventive maintenance. There's that's just act of God stuff, right? But if it's going to be a forty fifty mile an hour windy day, you would hope that they've they've done something about about the dead limbs and right. dead trees. Because when we're talking about like if you just have a wind advisory, which is typically uh, they start giving out wind advisories at 40 mile per hour gusts. So that type of wind, it's not going to, you're not going to break off a healthy limb right. and send it pummeling down. It's going to be, it's something dead and probably should have been known about. So you're not saying that they need to go out and they need to clear all the trees that are within 40 feet of a campsite. No, you're just saying, you know, pick and keep choose. the trees healthy. Right. And, Keep the trees healthy and cut off the dead limbs as they arrive. And it should be it should be easy to identify what right. what those limbs and what those trees are. And and just in the first five minutes of 
parking your camper at a site, you know, you look around and just do a quick little survey of, of what's around you. And, and maybe that's just habit of, you know, tent camping and, and backpacking and stuff that I've done. You don't, you don't want to set up your site underneath a, a dead a, a tree. Maker, yeah. Right. And, yeah. and in the wintertime, it's more difficult. But, but once you get to May, you can tell, man, man you can look if the that tree is... doesn't have leaves on it or the bark is gone and there's no leaves on it. You know, it's a problem. And that's where you hope, hey, you know, the park management's coming out there and putting red X's on stuff so that they know what trees to come take out. So, and they were doing a great job of that in Bluffton. Last weekend at, at, at Wabash, there were a bunch of trees that they had taken down over the winter and they were cleaning up and they were, they were getting after it. So, but, so you, you just said something about the, you know, the emerald ash borer taking out the ash trees. And, you know, when eight years ago, we really started tracking ash trees and, and we do ash tree treatments through our lawn service and the DNR was like, hey, anytime you find a tree, an ash tree that's infected, let us know. We'll put it in our database. Six months later, they were so overwhelmed. They're like, yeah, we shut that down because we just can't keep up. We gave up. You know, so the invasive pests that are in our area is really causing a headache for them to try and keep up with, you know, taking care of that dead tree and dead limbs. And Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the thing about backpacking because that is like, I used to do a lot of backpacking and it's something that you always like, watch out for even if you're on a trail and you're looking for a place to set up your tent it's like you're always looking up right looking around making sure that there's no dead trees there's no dead limbs and if there is it's like crap gotta move somewhere else you're confined to a campsite you can't move your camper that's, that's the pad. only that's one that you got you have. right and you're just kind of trusting that the that the state park has and the the uh uh, person who manages the campground is kind of taking care of that stuff. You, and don't, you don't have that much. If if you paid seventy or eighty bucks for your assigned spot for the weekend, right? You expect it to be safe and ready to go. You, you yes, there's some personal responsibility to say, hey, I I need to make sure that I I don't put myself in a bad spot. But you also know, you know, this thing's been rented out every weekend all year long. It should be good to go. Um, if we're looking for tips for people, I guess as you as you as you're going in. Zach, they always have backup campsites, right? So yep. if you if you got a spot that you feel unsafe or it's full of water or the yeah. electric doesn't work, they've got sites to switch to if you have to. It might not be a bad idea if you see a dead tree to like bring it to their attention and be like, "Hey, I'm not comfortable with the site. There's a dead tree right there." And then maybe because you like at times we kind of wonder because that the tree we saw fall in the camper, it was one of like five or six dead tree. Like we were like, well, that one needs to come down and that one needs to come down and that one. And I had spray paint with me because I helped mark up a five K course. I was really tempted to just start going around just like start marking X's, just marking them myself. I think that's what we should do. We're gonna vigilante <laughs> style. We're just start putting X's on stuff that needs. to I was go. gonna say start bringing uh, either climbing hooks and a a climbing saw or. <laughs> Bring your pole the, saw with you. And you hook you start enough. cutting on trees, you're going to go to prison. It, it to was, I was at a private. They camp. just see me up there, yeah. up in the thirty feet. <laughs> if you have a hard tree. hat on, just tell them you know what you're doing. Hard hat, safety vest. I'm a volunteer yeah. arborist. Bob, Bob, Bob gave me permission, so we're yeah. good. I was at a private campground in Tennessee, and it was interesting. All of those trees have been topped recently, and I talked to the owner because he's an interesting guy. He's kind of rolling around busy, and I said, "Hey, you like you like you're really aggressive about." keeping the tree and he's like oh yeah he's like the problem with these trees are i think he said they're like water maples or something like that he's like they have an average lifespan of 50 years and these are 52 years old he knew when they've been planted because <laughs> he owned the campground the whole time so he's like he's very 
just vigilant about checking him because he doesn't want him falling on anybody. And he's like very aware of the status that he's like, yeah, one of them looked kind of, kind of in. So we went up and took like a spike and hit it. And it went all the way through the base of the tree and went out the other side. He's like, well, this one's coming down. Um, but he was, and obviously that's a different situation than when you cut a, a state park campground into an existing woods, like Summit Lake does on the back loop. But, um, yeah, it's like one of those things where somebody needs to just go around and be like checking that kind of all year. That's why I've taken down three maple tree, sugar maple trees in my house that was built in the late sixties. That's the same exact thing. Is yeah. that they're all they're all at they're that close. age where they're starting to fall apart and they need to go. Um, my, my other advice, I guess, is plant oak trees. <laughs> don't they don't, don't move. Don't those oak trees will out, those, those will live two hundred years. That maple tree is gonna. You may outlive that oak tree if you're young enough. I have a if massive, you're Dakota's age, you'll probably outlive a maple tree. We have a massive, massive oak tree in front of my in the front yard of our house and it's got one limb that is kind of over the garage and i'm always like "Ah." that thing goes and it's like that tree's so freaking solid like it's had dead limbs on the end and it will it's amazing what the oak tree will do it's like it's just like it's removes that section on its own it's like oh that part's dying we're gonna we're just gonna grow around it and uh, that part will fall off, but the rest of the limb will stay healthy. Yeah, they're they're hardy. The other the other tip that I have, and that I, I think most of the country had the same idea because weather radios were really hard to find on Amazon.com. I did get one, uh, but I, the one I wanted to get was back ordered for like four more weeks. But I I got myself a, a about a seventy dollar weather radio that's supposed to have all kinds of channels and. Uh, it'll it'll come up. I'm trying to grab it without spilling my Coors original. I'm not allowed to drink Bud Light anymore. Sarah said I don't know what happened, but I can't have Bud Light. Um, Andrew, you can laugh. It's okay. Oh, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a full battery. It's a brand brand new fancy one. I made her program it. Uh, I don't know where we're going to put it in the camera. Still have the, it's, the, it's the screen hangable, protector though. on it. Uh, yeah, you want to peel that off? You know, peel off the screen protector. Uh, but it's like 60, 70 bucks and it runs on battery power too. So these, I, I guess the, the advantage of these is that you, you take things into your own hands again, where if you don't have a, um, if you're not in cell phone reception area, weather radio should work. You've got- and, and that's, that's one thing that, that we've seen a lot over the last couple of days is, is complaints or, or suggestions of the state needs to improve cell service they need to improve we need wi-fi in the parks in the park and that like so when we pack up get in the camper and and get to the state park the last thing we really care about is cell phone service and wi-fi we go to get away from that kind of thing and having a backup is a weather radio shouldn't be your backup when you're camping with limited cell service that should be your priority of how you're going to get that information and I don't, I don't feel like it's the state's responsibility to, to provide that type of infrastructure of, you know, making your campground totally wireless and offering 5G and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, uh, it would probably benefit some people. But I think at the end of the day, though, some people are still going to make their own decision I think it's on also, what they want to do. I think people underestimate how much that would cost. Oh, yeah. Because chances are, like, if... Like that's a huge deal now. A lot of people are, are like full timing in the remote work or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, I can't." And it's like like Spring Mill 
It was a little bit better this last year. There's like there. two campsites where we have Spring service Mill in is there. an absolute dead zone. Like <laughs> I tried to send a text message and 47 minutes later, it's still going. It's still trying. <laughs> it's efforting. But like to then, so that means you're having to run some kind of internet line to the, in, in theory, the, if it's gotten in, they've got internet. Meanwhile, Prophetstown actually had Wi-Fi in the park this week. Yeah. And then, then you got to run to the campground and you have to have it be strong enough to handle 200 or 300 in sites. I don't know about the parks I've been into that do you have good cell phone reception. It's usually horrible between like seven and 10 because we're all streaming toys. Everybody's streaming. Yeah. Everybody's got the kids streaming on the Roku or their, their Chromecast. And so then you have to have it be able to handle and like Summit Lake wouldn't be a huge issue. But if you go to like Potoka or like mounds, SRA or just the general whitewater area where there's like 550 sites within a couple miles of each other, they bog down cell phone towers. And I would also wonder uh, uh, another local thing. Newcastle had all of its cell phone signals <laughs> obliterated by one guy, apparently who didn't dial eight one one. And for like, a day and a half, like for like had, 18 hours. We had a fiber line that paralyzed a, our community. A line got cut on what well, Monday afternoon and it didn't come back on till like middle of the afternoon on Tuesday. So guess what? That's all it would take. And can you imagine if you threw a cell phone like that, that storm McCormick Street if they're up on a hill nearby was a cell phone tower. I wonder how it does with an, with a tornado coming in. So in right. sent the East central Indiana AT&T emergency repeater to McCormick's Creek. So I was thinking, man, if that had, yeah. if that tornado hadn't come through, they probably would have rolled that out over here and our community would have had uh, oh my, 5G. I mean, and it wasn't but like, they sent all those re- those resources yeah. out in into tornado relief. Yeah, that day I was at work that morning and I'm like, you know, every morning trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing that day and set up my whole s- schedule and my and we're all talking about how no one has cell signal and then um, figured out what the issue was. I was like, well, guess I'm working in Greenfield today. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I was My wife called me and she's like, are, are you having a hard time with your phone? I was sitting on my front porch. I'm like, no, it's fine. My phone does Wi-Fi calling. I went to the city council meeting and it wasn't like, oh, your cell phone reception. I had no cell, like it was an X yeah. with no bars. And I was like, whoa, this is like, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just get home. But there are people that were, there are a lot of people I think that don't have home internet. They do all of their like internet stuff through their phone mm-hmm. and they were losing their minds. Cause it didn't come back on till like two or three o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. And they sent out that text saying 1830 that for the restoration time. So you're like, it's going to be on, gone for 24 hours. Oh, what yeah. are we going to do? <laughs> Newcastle nearly imploded. Yeah. It was it was a crisis. I I should AT, have joined your chatter page. AT, yeah. AT&T were both out. Yeah. We had some, you know, th- four communities in Indiana got hit by tornadoes, but we had one fiber line cut and, and that was it. It was we the end of us. Line, yeah. Uh, we had they d- don't call 911 and ask about your cell phone signal. Yeah. That, they had to say that. Yeah, we can't do anything about it for you guys. The uh AT&T was out. Verizon was out. And if we could find any T-Mobile customers, we would have checked with them to see if they were out. But nobody uses T-Mobile over here. I told Galt, I said, finally, it took it took like 15 hours for us to find the first T-Mobile customer that posted in a, in a community group saying, hey, T-Mobile's out. Does anybody know what's going on? <laughs> then like, uh, no, that's just T-Mobile. <laughs> I guess I'll just refer to him by their name on the show. Brisket Wireless. Apparently there, if you like went to the store, they're like, there's nothing wrong. We don't know what's wrong with your phone. <laughs> you, they're like, they're like giving out new SIM cards. And it's like, how in a hole did you have to be 
to not know that this that cell phone towers are just down. Uh, try this new SIM card. Well, this SIM you, card's not working either. Let me sell you a new iPhone today, <laughs> yeah, <it's> your guys. phone. <laughs> you just need a new phone. It was nice on left for work. So you talk about... Um, you know, adding cell towers and stuff like that. But like, so where we live in Clay County, just north of us in Park County is Raccoon Lake, Turkey Run, and Shades. But in Park County, for some strange reason years ago, um, they have a deal that only AT&T towers can be put up in Park County. So as soon as like we get just a little bit into Park County, our Verizon is gone, right? So like even if they had the opportunity to expand like a Verizon network up there, you're not getting anything. So like whenever we go to raccoon lake, like go boating, you're out of luck until you get back into clay County. So like, you got to have hilarious. devices on all of the networks. Andrew, most of our towers <laughs> here in the Newcastle <laughs> area, get, are, Mr. Three phones, you get yeah. to Jeremiah's life. <laughs> it's, it has gotten so complicated. <laughs> most of the towers here are I, AT&T towers, but, uh, they they can still use them. Yeah, like that's what my understanding was. Service. It was basically it was an AT and T tower that was down, but like Verizon piggybacks off of it. Right, right. And so, then there was a couple like smaller lines that were feeding like, some of the towers, and that's why some people had. They were just the lucky ones that had like glabbed onto a tower that had a little bit of bandwidth left, but it was enough to support the whole town. I had um, so it, we're we're going to transition into this this tax season portion of the show that Dakota has put together. Um, my property tax bill came, and uh, you're talking about the complications. I, I, I do my own escrow account uh, because I want to be in control. But it, it it's, our, I have accounts all over town for different things. I put things in different buckets, and and normally it works just fine. And then I couldn't remember how to change the amount of money that I'm sending from one bank to the other to pay my property taxes. And it, the, my bill went up like 300 bucks a year. So I needed like $25 more a month to start transferring over. And I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out how in the hell to change that. Because it's an account. It, I don't log in very often to do it. It's, you pay a bill twice a year or whatever. Without uh, giving I too much detail. confused. Jeremiah's banking life is so complicated. I'm surprised he hasn't been like audited by like Joe Biden himself. <laughs> or just like, there's got to be something going on here. This is way too complicated. He started shaking when they arranged Trump. <laughs> yeah, this has got to be some <laughs> no, kind of... No, I'm next. This gotta be, he's just like a Cayman Island and a Swedish bank account away from being a, yeah. like a mobster. 10 checking accounts, four <laughs> savings accounts. Every, every... 18 credit cards. And they all have $14 in them. And just, <laughs> they, they all... Uh, but yeah, I, I think of most every bank in town I have some sort of account at or credit union or whatever. Um, all right, Dakota, let's talk about taxation as theft. This is a this is a libertarian podcast network, so this is I got this my is the groove. I got my property tax uh, bill in the mail yesterday. I saw the envelope and I was like, Oh boy, here we go. You hadn't already looked at Beacon to see how much it went up? No. I'm doing that right now. And <laughs> <laughs> well, Andrew's face is about to change, he's gonna get pissed off. <laughs> yeah, gotta be very I mean, frustrated. And uh, I opened up my bill and I was like, God dang, who would have thought one chicken coop would have raised my property value so much? (laughs) 25% increase. I'm glad he found that before he gave me some free eggs, or, or after he gave me the free eggs. You went about 500 bucks a year for the year, right? Is that what your increase was? Ours ours went up about 300, and it uh, it has doubled since 2018. Mine went up 20% year over year. From last year, this year, what and saying the the uh, the Wish TV eight or no, sorry, it was the Capital Chronicle article. Which, by the way, if you guys are interested in the state house government, the Capital Chronicle is a newer publication that's going on in the state of Indiana. 
and uh, they're covering everything that's going on in the state house all the time. Very valuable source of information. Uh, but anyway, they were saying that the average um, property tax bill had gone up like two hundred and sixty dollars across the state of Indiana, which <laughs> is huge if you consider that that's the average. <clears throat> so I, I'm not going to say name names, but my mother-in-law is the treasurer down in Lawrence County, and they sent out the tax bills and everything. And Megan has been on the phone with her mom every day. This is horrible. This is horrible. And we're like, well, you could have retired, but uh, you chose this. <laughs> the treasurer and, doesn't decide. No, but the ca- the, they, but the, the, the townsfolk the bill, the don't say, care. The bills say that you have to pay her. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they're taking out all of their frustration and anger on her. Our our bills showed up, and they, somehow the I don't know why it happened, uh, but the tr- I I assume that it's the bank that collects it. They're I think First Merchants Bank <laughs> might. Uh, they're just off camera. There's a toddler t- grabbing his well, first cruise um, beer because <laughs> no, no because because on camera. Thank you. A few moments ago, it looked like you handed it to him because he came up. It's and his like, now and kind of reached, and then you just you picked the beer up and moved it off camera. So that it was just plausible deniability. He didn't notice it he's right just, away. He's just playing with that sweet ball aluminum can uh, that looks like Sterling Marlin could drive it. Oh, thank you, Jackson. Look at that. Water delivery service. So how so, much did your taxes go up by dollar amount? Was it 480 something? So uh, you guys are always talking about how great it is to live in Henry County. My taxes went up. $10.47. So here's what actually happened. Clay County finally got us beat on Posey something. Township right here. Our, my parents live in Posey Township, Rush County. Tornado victims last year. <laughs> so the, the tax rate actually went down. For a, in Henry Township, not City of Newcastle, but Henry Township. Our rate went down, probably because we tried to get rid of our fire department. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, tried real hard. That's, that's another day's story, uh, or we would be on all night. The uh, the assessed value shot up dramatically, and that's that's the root cause of all these increases. All these people that went out and like spent right. way too much money on houses in the last you got, three years. Everybody got COVID rich, and they start and they got tired of being inside the walls of their home, and that the price of houses have gone up, and now your assessor is, assessed values are tracking with that. And uh, when State Senator uh, Jeff Rotz came on, we did talk to him about it because there there was a bill um, that was actually introduced to the Ways and Means Committee, and um, it dealt with the way that assessments are done and the way that property taxes are calculated. If you have the show notes, if you're a Patreon member, then uh, there's an article in there. Um, basically, from the Capital Chronicle, they were saying like they weren't too hopeful that anything was really going to be happening this year. Um, and it was going to be like a going to be done for four years. And it, it was incrementally going to be going up through these, this four year period to where it is now. And I think the whole idea was trying to mitigate the insane increases in property values that we saw during the, the COVID time frame. And uh, waiting for the market to level back out and assess values to kind of level out and hopefully return to normal over a four-year period. The form that came this year is actually different because it does show you now what the maximum right yep. tax bill could be for your property. Where it's like, hey, we saved you. Because mine's $200 under the cap. Uh, if the rate actually could have stung me for another 200 bucks if they wanted to. 
uh, if budgets had gone up, they could they could still theoretically constitutionally get another two hundred dollars a year out of me. Yeah, uh, you guys between- sent over your tax bills, and I'm like, holy crap, because ours is uh, two hundred thirteen dollars every six months. And that's it. That's your, all your property taxes. You're, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, four hundred dollars a year. Yours isn't. Yeah, yours isn't a whole lot less than mine. Mine's pretty low, but I'm not, I don't have acreage though. I'm in the middle of a town. Yeah. Our our bill. Um, I we have not discussed this, and I haven't fleshed this one out whatsoever. But the conservation district, which is basically our flood control, which pays for Westwood, uh, and we've got a number of reservoirs that are included in the Big Blue River Conservation District. I assume they spent some money because that went up like 58% year over year. So their assessment, the value that they're charging, which goes directly onto that bill, uh, which is not a part of the cap. It's just a, that district gets to tack onto the bill. That number went up significantly. I got a letter two years ago in the mail warning me that my, um, ta- my property tax bill would be going up because of the conservancy district. And- yeah. Among, I mean, among other things. And it's, it's complicated, and honestly, warning, I'm, I'm not criticizing any local official over over the way the tax structure works. It's more of an awareness and an understanding, and if you don't like the way things work, we're explaining it. We'll talk through it, and you guys can you guys can talk to, to your local officials or your state representatives. What I've determined in a lot of the situations is that local government is doing what they have to do based upon the chair you're in. You have very limited tools to actually make adjustments. All that you can do is you can raise the tax rate or you can try to cut something. Well, if you're trying to cut something, you're cutting a service that the community is expecting at this point um, or cutting a program and there's going to be a lot of screaming, foaming of the mouth, et cetera, et cetera. The state generally, in my opinion, my understanding is that they have been building massive cash reserves. And anytime there's been a tax increase, it's been they pass a rule that allows the locals to try to make up for it with a, with a local increase of some sort, uh, which is what we, were, we, we saw this week in Henry County, Dakota, right. with this 911 conversation. Yeah, and that was, uh, if you get the Courier Times, that was in Wednesday's paper, it was the front page. Um, the big headline was money running out for county dispatch. And uh, that was from the dispatch director, uh, Butch Baker. He came on and told Boss he, alum. He, yep, he came to the Henry County Council and he told them that the dispatch center would be unfunded uh, in by the year 2026 um, unless they adopted a new tax, which is called the Public Safety Answering Point Tax or the PSAP tax, as I'm going to dub it here today. Um, and this is this is where I don't understand what's happened because we've had we've had essentially a Newcastle and Henry County have had 911 service for the community since about 1990 or so. So since since uh, my wife was born, we've had a functional 911 service and there is a tax. <laughs> there is there's a tax. Before that you had to just stick your head outside. Moment of silence for Jeff Gordon for a second. Lightning <laughs> McQueen just fell. Our audience is down to Jeff. Jeff won, though. Jeff, Jeff two's still up, and Dale... Rain, Rainbow Jeff took a dive. Dale's still staying tall. And th- that was one thing... That's one thing that's here in the article. I did bring my... I'm an old man. I get a paper. You steal that from work just like everybody else? No, I actually... This is mine. That's his paid subscription. This is my paid subscription. You use it to raise ducks on? Audrey made me start getting a physical paper now so that she can take them to the animal shelter after the animal shelter told her that they were running out of newspapers for the dogs. 
But anyway, so um, it said in here uh, that Mayor York had talked about a time before the 911 dispatch center existed, and you had to grab the phone book when there was an emergency and call the local fire department or police directly and hope that you had the right number. And <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, the, actually, what now happened. it would be easier because you could just save the number in your phone. Actually, what used to happen right. was people would run for office. This is very old school uh, county government. It, they would run for office and it would be elect Harold Griffin for sheriff. And Harold would write on his thing and it would say, dial this number for an emergency. And it would be to call the sheriff's department for an emergency. Before 911 existed, that's how that's how you see. We it. almost had something and it'd similar, be like a refrigerator magnet, and for over in Clay County. So, like with our business phone number, it was one number off from the Outback Steakhouse in Terre Haute. <laughs> so all the time, it'd be a Friday at like four o'clock. They'd do call ahead seating. I just got tired of it because I answered the phone for mom and dad, and I'd take their name and everything. To I wonder how many people showed up to Outback <laughs> <laughs> expecting a, got you down. a reservation. Got you down. No problem. Nope. So essentially what's happening is the the amount of funding that is going to come to these 911 services is is reducing drastically. So it's going yeah. from hundreds of thousands of dollars a year down to tens of thousands of dollars a year. I don't know where this is going, but if you look at that phone bill you've been paying your entire existence, there's already a line item on there for 911, right? You're paying because you have a telephone, you're paying to have 911 coverage. Who's taking that money? Where is that at? And if that's not enough, and because but just telling us, hey, this is a user fee, which is fair. It's, a, it's it would be an income tax essentially, yeah. uh, like point oh one two percent income tax addition, point one two percent, which we just had a public safety income tax that passed seven eight years ago, or whatever, uh, which was a point one percent income tax that paid for whatever. You're going to do it again. And the council is being told, hey, this is the one way you're going to fix it. And if you want to plug this hole by 2026, you need to pass this by October of this year. Now we've got an emergency. So they've got five months to discuss it and they need to put this tax rate in place. Butch Baker I, said, that I, the I hope that these guys listen and say, where the hell's the money going that we're paying on cell phone charges for the last 30 years or landline charges for 30 years? Butch said that the PSAP tax would need to be enacted by October. If Henry County hopes to have the money available to fund the dispatch center in 2026, is it on cell phones? They need to, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it's I was going to say because if it was on if it was on landlines, there's your problem. But right. it, it's not just are... like cell phones. So like we have tablets for for our technicians to go out, and I was looking through our phone bill, and there's a 911 tablet. Yeah, we on, all have 911 on, on every, every tablet on an iPad that can't make a phone call or anything. Right. But since it gets data, yeah, but you can text with it or whatever. You can text 911, yeah. and it'll go. So. The revenue is there. I just don't know where it's going. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's the challenge I have before, before you tax me. And like I said a minute ago, everybody that's in one of the, Butch in his role, he has to go to the council and say, Hey, I'm going to be out of money. Here's the tool in the toolbox that I've been told, but it's up to the council to say, Hey, Jeff Rotz. Hey, Corey Criswell. Hey guys, you've got to figure out where this money's at. Does the state have it or what's the problem? Because now every one of these councils, just like we raised the taxes to pay for a jail, we raised the taxes to pay for new ambulances or whatever is going on, uh, whatever we did with the public safety income tax. Now we're going to do it again for 911. We go crisis to crisis to crisis, and now all of a sudden our income tax in this county is going to be among the highest in the state. On top of us now being put to shame by Clay County, which where our property taxes are four times what theirs are. Is your house worth like $14,000? Four times. <laughs> 
Mine's 10 times. <laughs> well, I mean, it's brick. <laughs> <laughs> and I have three less acres than he does. So whenever uh, we add it on for um, our business, so like we run our business out of the back three acres of our property. So we've built a couple different additions out there and we got a, our tax bill last year. We're like, Whoa, that's, that's big. And so we went over to the, the assessor's office and they're like, yeah, well, doesn't that building have, I'm like, no, that's just like a big shed type thing. It's a three-sided pole barn thing. Oh, well that looked like from the satellite picture, it was all enclosed and it had eaten electricity. No, it didn't. So what we found out through a, a little bit of a frustration is just going and talking to somebody in person. Uh, they can help explain the process yeah, pretty easily. And they were really easy to work with and they got it adjusted a little bit. Now there was uh, like our office building, you know, it's got electricity, heating, cooling, all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah, we did have to take a, a slight hit for that type of improvement, but to explain things to a person, because sometimes you see the, the person drive by and they don't even get out of their vehicle. They're just like, yeah, they did. X Our assessor's office is very good, and she she will sit down and she will explain what's going on. But be warned that if you do try to challenge it, they're going to look at what it's worth, and the value of the property that they have may be wildly lower than what. Right, so you have today. to go into it like you you I you got to be careful. If you look at that number and you want to bitch about what it says, if be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it, you watch right. it. You go go appraise your house and see what it's actually worth today. Even though you may have no intention of actually selling, take say say your house that you paid you know you paid fifty sixty thousand dollars for and now it's worth two hundred and ten two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That cap on that makes it a two hundred and a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house. That's twenty five hundred dollars a year, two hundred dollars a month in property taxes is what that turns out to be. I'm just blaming. I'm blaming the people that spent insane, just un Newcastle money on houses in Newcastle. Because I bet there's some people that are around. Like there's a particular house on the way to Jeremiah's into town that went for a staggering number. I mean, absolutely unheard of number. I'm like, I wonder what their neighbors. Pro- I should look up what their neighbor's property tax bill did. This because I bet it was insane. Now Dakota got on a roll today. And he thought, this is this is Dakota, you want to explain what happened? It was. I mean, I was paying my property taxes today. I also had to pay my vehicle registration fees. And he thought all registrations in Indiana were due right now. At the same time, you have to file your federal taxes. You get your spring tax bill in the mail, and the sons of bitches make me pay for my license plates. My whole too. life, my parents have been paying their <laughs> vehicle registrations in April. At my whole time, I've had a vehicle that's been coming in April. And I've always been paid it online. And whenever I log into my my BMV account, it says registrations due in April. Right. So I so the show notes come out today, and Dakota's like, and then these things are due too. And I'm like, oh, I'm editing this. I, yeah. If you're a patron, I actually provided a list, a link. There are they are by your last name, or or the purpose of them, because mine I mm-hmm. believe is in August or September. Is Ours are February when the morals are due. But when I had a leased car, it was due in like January. So I have a question then. Did you get a letter from the head of the license branch commissioner or whatever saying, hey, we sent you your bill, but it was wrong. So you're going to owe something different. Did you get that letter? Because we did. I don't think so. And then they sent us our statement after the due date. So it was like, if you pay before this date, you pay X number of dollars. But if you pay after (laughs) this date, you have to pay a fine. 
Well, I didn't get my bill until after that. So I went to the license branch and they're like, oh, sorry. Please pay your fine. Nothing we can do. The the, the position that government has taken on that in the past, just like when you file your federal taxes, Andrew, you have to know what you owe and you have to pay it on time. Just because we screwed up the paperwork doesn't mean that it's not our problem. The fun thing for us is we've got seven trucks and seven trailers. And so I tried to do it online once and I totally, I like, I got locked out of my own account. And so we have to go in and do it. And it was a mess. I, uh, I do it all online and it's, we have, you've got like what? Three boats. Yeah. Two we, campers, have a, we have a ridiculous number of boats and trailers and campers backup and boat, vehicles. backup camper. I have a trailer. I haven't registered since 2020. So I, I try to spread it out and I, uh, <laughs> I log in about once a month and just say, okay, this is what we're doing this month. This is what we're renewing this month. So they will just be, sometimes I, they give you an option to renew for like two years at a time. They didn't give me that option this time, but I think that was because I was in the penalty box of being you're late. in deep, deep trouble. I didn't get that. This I time. was able to renew my driver's license and it's good through 2030. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna in 2030. I'm gonna look so young on my driver's license because <laughs> it just sir. reprinted it. It just reprinted it. I'm good for ages. Zach's trying to pull his license out now to see how long he's good. For. Uh, mine expires this year. Ooh, Meg's expires in two months. I was actually I looked up the house that their the house I was looking at their property taxes went up 643 percent. How much? 600. The house that went for an exorbitant amount of money, their property taxes went up 643 <laughs> percent. <laughs> that's a house you now, have now, the now everyone's like oh my gosh that's staggering it went from $248 a month to $1,600 or just a year to $1,600 a year so like but yeah I mean which is pretty significant but yeah mine expires in 2026 and I just got it renewed in November of 2021 I think it happens at certain ages is it just like certain because like you're, it expires when you're like 18 and, or 21 there's one that expires when you're 21 yeah and then so I'm not sure. I, I was able to renew it online, and I think it's like within two years of the expiration. So I probably did it pretty early because I just I was I'm vain and I wanted the Indy car on my driver's license because you know that's cool to have, and I didn't want them to change the driver's license on me between now and when I got one. So I hurried up and said yes. So now I'm good for 2030. I should check. I've got I still got two. They didn't take my old one. When I renewed and got my real ID. So I have a real ID and I have a non real ID. <laughs> All right. What else do you want to talk about, Dakota? We can. We got kids running everywhere. Good. My son has been giving uh, Megan Bowman all of his toys. This is what he does at home too. If you're sitting on the couch, he just starts bringing every toy in the living room over to you and setting them on your lap. He's going back for the Coors, (laughs) (laughs) buddy. Big fan of that Coors can. Big fan of that cruise can. All right, let's move into final thoughts. See where things go. What happens, Zach? Oh. You had a uh, oh, don't put your oh. thumb in there, Hudson. Zach, you had a uh, a wonderful uh, spring break. Yeah. I, I was confused by the local spring break calendar. I thought all the schools did they, them together, and this year apparently not. They are think, all, all they're not on top of each other. I think they're getting the current school break schedule is in my mind a bit excessive. And that is when I was a kid, we got two days off for fall break, two weeks for Christmas break, and a week for spring break. Now they get a week for fall break, two weeks for Christmas break, and they might have even gotten like at times like two weeks and two days. 
And my mother is calling. She should know better. Um, Let's talk to her live on the air. No. And, like um, a Denny Hamlin segment of <laughs> yeah. Bumper Clear. Um, and then they get two weeks of spring break. And initially, when they pitched that, they said, well, the second week will be built in snow days. It's snow days. But e-learnings yeah. come about, and snow days don't exist. They are a little... There's no point. So, yeah, we did... So, yeah, apparently some of this, like... Playing really blue river did like the weird they did like a seven school day spring break like they got off on like a thursday and then got the following week off too but um i've heard that some of them are changing away from that and they're wanting to get done by if they want to get done by memorial day great like that would be great but yeah i find two weeks is a little bit excessive but yeah we were down last week went to tennessee um horrible drive down horrible drive back um but while i was down there it was okay I but at a, least it rained the whole time oh my beautiful oh i it was yeah, it was. I was under a wind advisory both of my major travel days, like both of the days I towed the most. I was it was I was in a wind advisory, which is great when you're driving a tw- towing a 28 foot box behind like a whatever the world's largest SUV that's also catches wind like nobody's business. But um, and then my, when I got back, they've uh, dug up like my yard and my neighborhood looks like a war zone because they're doing bad gopher problem. Huh? They're using utility. They're doing the utility work. So I get to figure out how to hook my camper up tomorrow with a seven foot deep hole right where my front tire of my truck goes when I hook up. Like they've just left a hole in the it's it is like it's six to seven feet deep just where what I park kind of, my what kind of work's going on? Uh I think they're doing natural gas line work. Oh. And what's real fun yeah, is they, they sent me a thing like a month ago and like, hey, do you want to buy that insurance in case your gas lines fail? And then they come in and they're just like, it looks like Caddyshack. Like there's just holes everywhere. <laughs> and there's just a barrel and just threw plywood over the top of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to figuring that out. You need to out. call your friends at the city and get a steel grate to lay over it so you can drive your camper over they got steel, though They got steel plate over one of the neighbors because it's part of his driveway. And their mind, they're just like, they dug it up three days ago. Screw them. It's your driveway, yeah. too. And well, one of them, I think was one of the deeper ones. I was laughing because then we got all this rain because it stormed. And you couldn't tell the hole was there because it was completely full of water. Uh-oh. I was like, this intersection normally kind of floods. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not flooded because it's in there. And I was like, it's like a probably a four by four by six foot hole that is completely full of water. So <laughs> that's what they get. No for diving. Get, <laughs> that's what they get. Yeah. But uh, one thing, this is topical, but I was approached or I was messaged by one of the pointer brothers, which we need to get on the show for the, the bike shop. Um, this weekend is Easter. And so if you're in Newcastle and you've got time on Saturday, there are Easter egg hunts at one o'clock at Baker park. Actually, I think it's in the field house parking lot for the city. Pointer brothers are having one at two o'clock at their shop, which is, a third of a mile away from the first one and Memorial park is doing there's a 4 PM. So you could have, you can like, triple up. You could have like diabetes by five o'clock. And there was one last up. weekend at summit Lake. So that is yeah. four major. So check those hunts, check their respective pages for more information on that. But yeah, I was like, look it up. I'm like, Oh, and then I think all of them have like activities leading up to the, to hunts as well. Mr. The Bowman. looks nice. You've got some NASCAR updates for us. Oh, I've got so many NASCAR updates. Now the show's really good. If you guys, look at uh, <laughs> You guys have been following along for the last year and a half. Chris Galt and I are actually starting a racing podcast on the Wall Network. We haven't come up with a name yet, and he's been putting me off and blowing me off and ghosting me for the last year and a half. He wants to talk about IndyCar. I want to talk about NASCAR, and uh, we just can't come to terms on that. But uh, you, you listen to the Dale Jr. download, then you form your opinions, I assume. Well. 
we got uh, free XM satellite radio because we got our oil changed. We've got that again. So now I had, I'd listen they to just throw it in. They did. They're like, Hey, another three months. But Dave Moody was going on and he had breaking news that the Hendrick camp got hit with two more fines. So a couple weeks ago, they expelled all four of the regular crew chiefs. So now backup crew now chiefs backup are getting crew. thrown out. And it's going to be like third, third string emergency quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. If you have to play your third string crew chief, the other two crew chiefs should be gone for the year at this point. I've got opinions about that, but I'll save that for our for your racing show, for the racing that, that podcast. May, I promise I wouldn't some, go some on exist. about NASCAR stuff. But did you uh, listen to the Tony Fur interview? Not this yet. Week? We're going to listen to that on the way home. Uh, they were spectacular. So and so, I listened to Dale's uh, episode that came out today, where they were kind of recapping yeah. yesterday's episode. They didn't really say a whole now, lot. Now, yet. if you follow Andrew on Twitter, it does say that he got a question asked. Dale, Dale Jr. did ask uh, one of my questions on the Ask Dale Jr. segment, and he said, that's a very good question. So, <laughs> is, this in now, bio, is this in your bio? Now, it, yes, is, it, it is, is in my bio. It is on my Twitter like, bio. I'll, I'll say this. Now, uh, of course, yeah. Joey Molinero, who is a very good friend of the Ball Soccer Liberty Show and the Wall Network. Repeat visitor. He is, uh, he's, he's got a standing invite on the yeah. show all the time. Uh, he is on the Dirty Mo Media Podcast Network, which is the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Podcast Network. So we yeah, are, so it's like we're like sister and brother podcasts yeah, over here. Yeah. So now that I'm on the Boss Hog, that I, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much on pretty Dirty much Mo Dirty right Mo. now. Yeah. Yeah. So same, same thing. But uh, NASCAR season, we're going on uh, week eight now. Six different winners in the first seven races. So that's exciting. Only forty-seven more weeks to go. No, it, it feels like it. If we ever get through the penalty season here and. and NASCAR and then the uh, appeals board my, gets over themselves. My favorite thing with with your NASCAR penalty season is that Hendrick got penalized for the same thing Cola Gracie got penalized for, and then Hendrick got all the penalties thrown. Uh, they got all their point problems thrown out, and Cola isn't a, a OG NASCAR team, so they just got screwed. They got twenty five of their hundred points back. So <laughs> now, exact same thing. So, so now. Uh, Justin Haley is no longer in the negative points for the year, so I think he's he's still tied for forty seventh. I think Connor Daly has more points than than Justin right now. But uh, NASCAR is my thing. But uh, is this also my time for final thoughts? Yeah, too? this is it. So uh, there's there's that going on. But uh, if uh, you're Facebook friends with me or on Twitter and you follow me, uh, you do know I've shared a few times. Uh, I've signed up for a ten k race coming up at the end of this month so my wife my lovely bride over there who is keeping our son away from a stash she decided a couple years ago she wanted every to get toddler that comes on the show gets their own bottle of pickled whiskey that, cool he does like pickles um so she started running uh about two years or a year and a half ago and then uh, she did uh the run disney 10k and I'm like, you know what? I think I should start running. So now we've both been running together, and we've been finding some races that we wanted to do. So at the end of this month is the Indiana Parkinson's Foundation uh, race. It's called Choose to Move, and it's very close to our family. Um, and so I'm doing that. I'm trying to raise $1,000 uh, for the cause. Um, if you're friends with me, um, I've shared that. I've shared some of our stories uh, about why that's important to us. And I shared kind of uh, with some of our friends that, uh, you know, we went to Florida a couple weeks ago to see my family. My mom and dad stayed down there um, during the winter, but we had like an, a different motive because dad had to have a pretty big surgery um, over the winter. And then today, 
uh, they turned on his uh, machine. Sorry. Hey. Um, and so he's got uh, a very short road to recovery. Now he had a long road of recovery from the brain surgery. They turned on his machine and things are amazing. Massive improvements. In, 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 that, uh, in that space. And so the uh, Indiana Parkinson's Foundation is where they went uh, back in June or July last year to learn about this brain surgery and got the motivation and courage to kind of go do it. So I want to give back to the foundation um, in whatever way that I can for helping encouraging uh, my family to undergo that very scary and invasive surgery that is now seeming to already help improve my dad's life. So, so let's make a deal. I, Sarah and I will make a donation to, to, to this. But I need you to run with Dakota in the Newcastle Marathon. So I, I thought about running the Newcastle Mini Marathon, but we're actually going to be in Florida. Uh, I mean, you got to shuffle like, stuff around, but Dakota's right never the, done this before. He needs some coaching. So And, 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 and Zach's going to be out IMSA racing. Well, oh, hey, buddy. So, you know, we talk about Christy at the beginning of the, the episode, and she is like Indiana's saint. She was the first donor to my to my run campaign. Um and so I did want to say thank you to Christy for being the first donor to my to my fundraising campaign for this. Um, but when you said, "Hey, I'm going to do the the Newcastle Mini," we were trying to figure out like if we could do that. And I think we actually leave for Florida like Sunday, and so we're like, "Okay, we're going to go camp and then do the race and then leave for Florida." So I don't think we're going to make it to that. But uh, very difficult, very difficult news to hear. She's, you have to go to Disney every three weeks, yeah, or your pass won't work. The Newcastle Mini in September. What date? When we're in Florida for his birthday? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the twenty-first or something. Sixteenth. Dakota, Dakota swears by Allegiant. I think for thirteen dollars, they'll get at least half of you to Florida. Uh, on Southwest a has a good ninety-nine dollar flight deal that we've been picking up on, but you have to. Yeah, we're not going to be here for the. Newcastle Mini. Maybe next year. It's not going to work out. D-Squared, do you have any final thoughts for us? September 16th, 2023. (sighs) I haven't ran in a week now. So it's... uh, Saturday is going to be interesting. I decided to take a week off of my long run because I was going to be out tilling the garden with a push tiller. And it was only a two-time tiller. Now, I have a substantial garden now, and it was the day after all that rain. I can't wait to have a half a jar of salsa in October. <laughs> the most expensive omelet. And I was, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be running today if I'm going to be out there. And I, it was a good decision because I was out there constantly pushing for three hours, and I was dead tired afterwards. And then I worked for 13 hours on Sunday, so I didn't wake up on Monday and go work out. So it just kind of threw off the whole rest of the week. But, uh, yeah. So kudos to you for doing a 10 K that's most of I'm, I've never gotten to a 10 K mentally. I'm most stuck at five, five and a half miles. miles. It's re- tough. It's so, it's really tough. I got up before 25 and ran 11 miles this morning. Ooh. Why, why the <laughs> hell did we adopt the metric system for running? Anybody um, explain that? I think that, um, but only for only for five k and ten k, yeah. right? Everything it's else still twenty six point two. Yeah, it's 13, still twenty six point two, and then um, uh, marathon comes from, and then the I mean that's ancient the Greeks. Miler series. 
uh, which I got, I did a race Saturday. I got home from towing or whatever. And it was, uh, they do, they used to do 5k, 10k, 15k. And now they do three, six and 10 miles. They're they rounded it up. Oh, really? There for a while, I thought the 13.1 stickers on the cars were just big fans of Channel 13, NBC, the digital. Yeah, except back in the day, there was a Channel 8. Now it is a Channel 13, and Channel 13 will hand out stickers that it's the Channel 13 point one logo it, yeah know? so they it yeah. turned it they did, did take it that. turned into that yes 100 <laughs> percent smart turned into that. that's smart all right uh final thoughts for me glad uh glad we've made it through the winter the weather's uh weather's turning better uh hope we get some more rain the ground's starting to thaw out dry out today andrew <laughs> yes, this is i'm gonna i'm gonna shame. have i'm gonna have to mow before too long uh, <laughs> one of my neighbors mowed today, and I was like, "Not, no, I'm not giving in, man. I'm not giving in. I have a whole tree in my front yard that's falling out of a tree, but yeah, no. Just people are mowing already. The uh, They have been making some improvements down at the skate park. I did notice yes, that. big the expansion. The expansion is happening. There's Even though they've got main, or I guess it's Main Street down there, completely covered in mud, the, the existing skate park, the kids don't care, and they're still playing. That is... The most popular park I've ever seen with youth. Yes. It is. You cannot find a time there are not people using and it. And when it gets warm enough that it's not cold in the morning, I will see, when I run in the morning, I will see people there at 5.30, 6 a.m. Yep. getting some skating in before they go to work and school. And some of them, people think they're all like, but a lot of them have jobs, and I can tell they have jobs because they have some like real nice cars. <laughs> They'll show up, and with their bike strapped to the top of an Audi, or a Volvo or something. So yeah, that is the most. And they're also. I have never had a problem with them like yelling or causing trouble compared to when it was just the basketball courts. And then it was like I heard that sometimes they'll smoke the devil's lettuce out there at night. Dope heads. I can tell you, I can smell the devil's lettuce all over Newcastle <laughs> in the morning. Like I'm just. I go on a morning run. I'm like wake and bake about every half mile. <laughs> My mom works at uh, an elementary school, and she said that that. There will be parents that pull up, and she, oh, they're like, "I smell." You're dropping, school. you're smoking yeah. weed while you drop your kid off for school. This is insane. I smelled it in the pickup line a couple week, couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, those are the cool parents. I bet they were driving a sweet conversion van. Harry Price says because the quarter mile is cool and the metric system is lame. With that, we say thank you guys so very much for being a part of the show. We have a very neat show put together for next Thursday night. Uh, not going to spoil it today, but I will tell you that it uh, it has national implications. Wave to the camera as uh, as young Jackson Davis is taking our picture. All right. Spectacular. First show we ever did with toddlers in the room. I think it turned out okay. Give yourselves a hand. We'll le- see you. Because I left Jackson at home. We will My see Jackson. you next. He's not a toddler. We'll oh, see oh, you now, next now, Thursday. There goes the camera. <laughs> the camera's done. <laughs> we almost made it.